relax, you got nothing to lose. What do you think I'm about to show you? The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Show me a movie, you can say it again. Just wait till you see what I did at the end. The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies that are exclusively directed by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast. We celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is one of the loveliest people to have ever emerged from the primordial ooze and walk upon <laughs> the planet evolution was created at four aerial welcome <laughs> that was a very sweet and silly introduction i appreciate it thank you <laughs> i'm in a very sweet and silly mood we're recording I this on my friday my quote friday because i don't have to work tomorrow yeah. except for i did i did get called into a meeting tomorrow one o'clock. oh my gosh every Talk time <laughs> People, please go to pride.com and read my articles. So I can <laughs> read out. I okay. am having meetings on my days off about traffic. <laughs> <laughs> There's great content on there. Yeah, right? there, there is. Yes. <laughs> they should go anyways, but like also help Rachel out. <laughs> we helped break the news that there is a new gay dating show called For the Love of Dilfs uh, that is hosted by Stormy Daniels. Where Holy else crap, are, are you, you going? Serious? Yes. Uh, Hundred <laughs> percent. It is daddies and himbos looking for love, and we helped break that story. Okay, journalism is <laughs> happening on the clock. Okay, on under my watch. <laughs> that is a hilarious combination, and I actually can't wait to see that. Oh, it reminds me of how Kato Kalin used to have that judge show. Do you remember that? I had forgotten about it until this <laughs> very second, and then it was just like something unlocked in the back of my <laughs> my brain. So random. <laughs> kind of like something that we're going to be talking about tonight, actually. I think yeah. I had my own little, like, don't worry, darling moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that is that is a thing. I don't know how we got onto the subject. That's definitely not what we're here to talk about today. But how, have you, how are you doing, Ariel? How have you been? What weird shit has happened to you? What's going on? Yeah, I'm doing great. I don't know that there's really anything super weird that's happening to me lately. I did take my dog on a walk and I thought I saw a pantsless person, but then it turned out they were just wearing nude leggings. So what if all this time you just assume like there is just, it's not that everybody is pantsless. It's just like an epidemic of tan dockers. Your neighborhood is just, no, 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 no. They're just dockering it up. And you just thought it was flesh. I did. So, okay. One of the other side projects I do is, this YouTube channel called Outpost Unknown. And yes. one of the things we do on there is this thing called the Steve cast, which we watch mm -hmm. like movies in 15 minute segments. And then we pause and comment on them. If you are one of our 
like um, more intellectual um, feminist listeners. I do not recommend <laughs> this program. It's a lot however, of fun. <laughs> however, the latest episode we did was on something called Evils of the Night. And it was like okay. incredibly porny, except for every single dude was wearing tan dockers and they never came off. What? <laughs> so there was a lot of grinding, like naked ladies grinding on dudes with like tan That's chinos. so weird. Yes. That's and so, so weird. in this moment, life <laughs> is imitating art. <laughs> you have experienced the evils of the night. So we called them sex chinos. Now, sex chinos? <laughs> yes. That's you, perfect. Like, those what were not. <laughs> yeah, you saw you saw your first pair of sex chinos. <laughs> oh my god, I would love it if that guy that came out to get his Amazon package had actually just been wearing nude chinos. I mean, that would be fantastic. Maybe like, we're just anatomically correct nude chinos. <laughs> <laughs> sex chinos i don't know i'm not i'm not a seamstress i don't know These i mean you, could you are but okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so i take it i'm not the only one in a silly mood tonight is what i'm getting from this conversation <laughs> this is gonna be a weird episode guys <laughs> i feel like it's fitting it's a weird yeah. movie it's you know the vibe Agreed. is you know let's just yeah. go with it Let's just embrace the spirit. Yes, yes, yes. yes. All right. In case someone is new here, what is our spoiler policy on More Deadly? All right. So our spoiler policy is that eventually we're going to spoil the whole movie. But first, Rachel is going to tell you about the director and the making of the movie. And then we're going to give you some very general thoughts. I think in this movie in particular, they're going to have to be super general (laughs) in order to not spoil things. And then we will let you know at which point everything is up for grabs and we're going to talk about the whole movie. And this movie does have a pretty significant twist to it. So if you want to see it first, I would suggest pausing when we tell you to and go watch it on HBO Max and then come Mm -hmm. back. Correct. Correct. This one definitely has a little twisty twist. And I have to say, I had a lot of theories. None of them were correct. Oh, my theory was halfway correct. Oh, all right. (sighs) You know, show me up. It's fine. <laughs> I said only halfway. I was wrong about part of it too. It was, yeah. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get there when we get there. Okay. So, did we say what we're reviewing today? I don't know if we did. I don't think we're... we did. No. Okay. <laughs> That's a good we, point. Yeah. I probably should let people know because they're probably like, I don't know. Have I seen it? Come on, ladies. Get it together. All right. We are going to be covering Don't Worry, Darling, directed by Olivia Wilde. Definitely a hot topic for the year 2022. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes, 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 yes. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about the director, Olivia. She is an American actress, activist, and director. She grew up in Washington, D.C., but spent her summers in Ireland because she actually has dual citizenship. Ooh, fancy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She, she, her background is actually pretty interesting. She comes from a long line of writers. Both of her parents were very serious journalists. Uh, Are you going to tell me that she's a descendant of Oscar Wilde or something? All right, all right, all right. Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, just kidding. She's not, but his name oh, okay. is about to come up. It is going to come up. Okay. She's related to Evelyn Waugh, the author of Bride's Head Revisited, the novelist oh, Emma Tennant, who also is also a distant cousin. Wow. 
Yes. And her grandfather, Claude Cockburn, was a well-known journalist and writer who fought alongside Ernest Hemingway during the Spanish Civil War. Whoa. Yes. So she was born Olivia Jane Cockburn, but she changed her name in high school. <laughs> I can imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to Wilde, because she was inspired by not only her love of Oscar Wilde, but this heritage of having all of these writers in her family. Okay, gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And it's just a good name. Olivia Wilde is a, is a very good, good name. name. Yeah. It's a little bit better than Cockburn. Sorry. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after high school, she was accepted to Bard College, which is a very prestigious college. But she ended up deferring three times because she was really serious about pursuing her acting career. She did eventually go and study at the Gaiety School of Acting in Dublin, Ireland. Because like I said, she has dual citizenship. She clearly made the right choices. Because she has a flourishing acting career. Her breakthrough role was as Alex Kelly in the OC as the bisexual bartender, if you don't recall. Oh, shit. I forgot that. Uh I totally forgot that she was in the OC. Yep. And then, but I think most people first got to know her as Remy 13 Haddle on House. She did a bunch of TV and a bunch of movies. And she even did some Broadway. But, you know, she is not one to be hemmed in to one lane. She wants to do all the things. So she decided to branch out. And she started at first with producing. The first film she produced was the film Rush, starring Chris Hemsworth. And she also stars in it. It's a a biopic about an F1 racer who has like a rivalry with another F1 racer. Okay. So as you can imagine, I have not seen it. (laughs) No, neither have I. I did see that movie she was in that was about cowboys and aliens. I don't remember what that was. Yes, it was called Cowboys (laughs) versus Aliens. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay. So that I think did pretty well. She went on to produce some other documentary short films, including one called Body Team 12 in 2015. Whew, the subject matter. Uh, it followed a team who were tasked with dealing with the dead bodies during the Ebola outbreak. Oh, shit. Yes. It Ebola won best. wrecks your body. That must have been. Yikes. Yes. Like a child, not childhood, like a preteen trauma that I had was I read The Hot Zone, which was uh-huh. a mistake. <laughs> did you ever read The Hot Zone? So I didn't, but I had a science teacher who read excerpts of it to us. Probably the opening chapter, right? Where the guy gets on the plane and then, yep, like, yep. So that that messed me up as a kid. (laughs) Like, I can picture it right now. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I I still remember the sound of his stomach sloughing, like like a torn bed sheet. The the vomito negro, (laughs) which is the black flecks of virus in the blood. Ah! (laughs) <laughs> i also oh, like girl. i told you it is it is seared into my brain <laughs> that opening section but this documentary ended up winning best documentary short at the tribeca film festival and was even nominated for an academy award so good job olivia was <laughs> i guess what i'm saying she is good yeah. at what she does amazing in 2019 she made her directorial debut with the high school comedy book smart which I love have you it. seen it? Okay, good. It's so good. It is amazing. Yeah, it's so funny and so charming and very smart. Yeah. Yes. It is exactly the movie I wish I had seen when I was younger. You know what I yes. mean? Like I yes. it is the perfect sort of teen romp comedy, but it's smart and feminist mm-hmm. and sex positive and funny and 
awkward and weird and all the shit that I felt like when I was that age, except I was not that smart or cool. (laughs) But but I I wish I had seen and not not to shit on Clueless because I love Clueless, but I wish I had actually seen Booksmart instead of Clueless. You know what I mean? See, I was thinking I wish I had seen Booksmart instead of American Pie because that came out when I was in high school. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But yeah, so that movie is incredible. If you have not seen Booksmart, like seriously you have get homework get on it you just you work hard life is hard you're going <laughs> through a lot as a species do yourself a solid do something nice for yourself today and watch book smart because it's amazing yeah and then she followed it up with the highly anticipated thriller horror film don't worry darling so don't worry darling was first announced in august of 2019 and there was like a whole bidding war around it because of the success of Booksmart, everybody wanted to get their hands on whatever yeah, Olivia Wilde did next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the original script was written by two brothers, Carrie and Shane Van Dyke. However, Katie Silberman was brought on to rewrite what would eventually become the film's screenplay. At one oh, point, it was it was the original one was like actually on the blacklist, which is that list of unmade yeah. films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The cast was announced in April of 2020 with Florence Pugh Shia LaBeouf and Chris Prine being announced, followed shortly afterwards by Dakota Johnson being announced. Who was Dakota Johnson supposed to play? I wonder if she was going to be funny. Oh, and then Olivia Wilde took the role instead? Well, huh. here's – actually, you know what? I don't know because – let me – here, this is actually the next thing I was going to tell you. Is, okay, when okay. the cast was first announced, Wilde was going to be the lead character. Really? Oh, yes. interesting. Yes, huh. but they she decided to flip it and they switched roles and she ended up becoming Bunny and Pew took over the lead role of Alice because she wanted to focus. She ended up deciding she wanted to focus the movie around like a younger couple. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. This um, would be a very different movie if Nick Kroll was the main, main guy. <laughs> I kind of wish he had been in it more, but no, that I don't know if that would have worked. <laughs> I can I just I know this is not the place to do this, but can I just say I love Nick Kroll so much? Yeah, he's, he's hilarious. So everything he's one of those people that it doesn't matter if he's being serious or mm-hmm. not. Everything he says is just funny. Yes. So <laughs> funny. I adore him. And it's when he when he's on screen, I see Nick Kroll. When he's off screen, but you still hear him, I just think of what is the what is the puberty ca- cartoon? Oh, right. Fuck. Um, um damn it. <laughs> Okay, now I gotta look it up. I am to be Nick Kroll. Okay, while you do that, I already looked up the Dakota Johnson thing. She was supposed to play Margaret. Oh, oh who was who ended up being played by Kiki Lane? Yeah, that is interesting. Big Mouth. That's the name of the right. The, the so right. I, I keep kept hearing his character from Big Mouth. Yeah, that, Dakota <laughs> Johnson was gonna be Margaret. Apparently, interesting. Because I know that that character was supposed to be in the film quite a bit more. Okay, see that she makes was sense introduced to me. in the original script. She was introduced in the second scene when they're okay. out, like driving the car. I think that's where they run into her, kind of thing. Oh. And all of that got cut. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. 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 All right. Later that year in September, Harry Styles was brought in to replace Shia. Dakota Johnson also had to drop out. She had scheduling issues. She ended up doing The Lost Daughter. Which I also really need to see, but I don't see it. It's supposed to be. I've never like, even heard excellent. of that. It's <laughs> okay. supposed to be 
ex it's like her and olivia coleman which, oh i love olivia coleman and it's like a thrillery kind of thing and it's oh, like a time right. like told in different time periods okay so the filming began in la in october 2020 and wrapped in february Chris Pine's house was in the Kaufman house, which is this like historic mid-century modern architectural wonder, as yeah. you can tell by yes. just simply using your eyeballs. <laughs> magnificent. I honestly, I this movie is so beautiful to me. I don't know that I can talk about it critically because I'm so in the back. I was wondering if that was gonna happen to you. It's a problem. <laughs> it's like you're yeah, being no, you're not snow blind, you're just like gorgeous 50s I am blind. It's it's dazzle camouflage. Like yeah. I was, <laughs> my neurons were like leaking out of my ears. I every single <laughs> shot, every costume, every beautiful Palm Springs vista, yeah. the palm I can trees. I was losing my mind. But okay, anyway. <laughs> so most people know that there has been a teeny tiny bit of controversy around this film. So wait, before you get into the controversy, okay. I am so curious to hear this part because. Before you ever sent me that article that told me that I had to delete TikTok from my phone, yeah. I was on TikTok and I had that app and was using it when this whole controversy started. Oh, geez. Oh, and geez. So, and it was everywhere. You like could not avoid it. But no. I'm curious to know how much of that was bullshit and how much was like things that actually happened because it's TikTok. I mean, social media. Well, I don't know that I'm going to be able to answer that question for okay, you because that's part of the thing is it's incredibly muddy, right? It is a gotcha. lot of... It is a lot of people telling conflicting stories, some of which have a lot less credibility okay. to me. That makes sense. But I also have to weigh in my own biases around this. <laughs> but I also <laughs> feel like there is a yeah. cultural and systemic bias that runs in the opposite direction. So it makes it very hard to know what happened. And I think at the end of the day, I will never really know. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Florence Pugh is not talking about it. We're never, I, I don't know who would be able to give me like a totally, right. I would feel 100% confident that I was getting the full story. All right. So yes, like we said, there's a bit of controversy. So it started pretty soon the following year after the filming had already wrapped and press was starting around it. And the information came out that Shia had been fired over what Olivia Wilde was alleging was poor behavior. So mm, this okay. is a quote from her interview with Variety. It says, as someone who is such an admirer of his work, LaBeouf's process was not conducive to the ethos I demand in my production. Because she famously has the no assholes policy, right? Right. He has to process that. In some ways, seems to require a combative energy. And I don't personally believe that that is conducive to best performances. I believe that in creating a safe, trusting environment is the best way to get people to do their best work. Ultimately, my responsibility is to the production and to the cast to protect them. That's my job. Okay. Subsequently, Shia LaBeouf has had a right. bit of a... Uh, <laughs> um, what is the word I want to look for? Not a makeover. Like a, he's had a little bit of a rebrand. He is now mm -hmm. become someone who is very religious. He is someone who is professed to have done a lot of work on himself. I yeah, can't as say, he gets ready for trial. <laughs> I can't say if I, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know him personally. That could very well be I mean, true. I guess I don't either. <laughs> just... But I feel... A lot of skepticism about it, in part because he felt the need to not only refute this publicly, but to provide people with videos of her. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
to me, this doesn't feel like someone who has humbled themselves. And mm-hmm. I feel like you take it on the chin a little bit or you, I don't know. I just think everything about this is about defending himself in the public eye in a way that is yeah. beneficial to his ability to make a comeback. So these, I don't know if I was falsely accused, maybe I would do the same exact thing. I don't know. It just, to me, if in all honestly, just rubbed me the wrong way. And he, as a admitted a woman abuser <laughs> yeah. has a bit of a credibility problem for me. <laughs> 100%. For <yes>. me. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> he says that he refuted these claims in August of 2022, saying that he actually quit despite what Wilde was saying and that she was trying to keep him on board. She shared videos of her showing her asking him to stay. Wilde denied this, saying basically that he was let, and let go ultimately in order to protect Florence. Pugh telling Vanity Fair that she fired him after Florence had told her that he was making her uncomfortable. That seems fair. End of story, right? No. Nope. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. I feel like it's important context because all of the reviews came out subsequently to all of this. And I do think that there is a flavor of this that is present. There is a schadenfreude that is present in the way that Not everyone, but many people have written or talked about this film. So I do want to kind of contextualize it in that way. So the film made its world premiere at Venice International Film Festival, where there was a lot of coverage over it that was focused on the alleged drama. Like, it was forensic. The degree to like oh, it was. people's eye lines and what are they? It was ridiculous. Like what time people showed up, what time that what they wore, and what they were trying to say with what they were wearing, and the, it was absurd. There was a lot of claims that Pew and Wild would not look at each other, that she was refusing to do any promotion. She refutes that, saying that no, she didn't do a ton of promotion because she's literally in production on Dune right now. And there was like this whole thing about whether or not. Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. That was I, ridiculous. <laughs> I will say though, <laughs> okay. have you watched the video? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind looks of looks a little. Like I mean, like I did, don't think he did. I don't think he did. No, but I, I don't think so. Either. A lot of times you watch this stuff and you're like, "That's a reach, girl." No, but when I watched it, I was like, "I could," because there's something about in Chris Pine's face where he look. He looks like he's just like, "You son of a bitch." yeah yeah there is but like when i was on tiktok people were like slowing down the video yeah it's absurd zooming in and like doing all of this crazy stuff trying to figure it out it just felt a little bit can you uh, imagine the world that we could live in if we could harness the energy that people had for like dissecting this for (laughs) like actual progress scientific social spiritual if we could get the kind of energy into those kinds of progressive movements we would be living in a utopia (laughs) but instead we're on tiktok trying to dissect whether or not chris pine got spat upon by (laughs) harold styles what a world (laughs) anyway (laughs) they've denied it spitgate is over we've moved forward and like i said the only reason I even went into this much detail about the controversy is because it I I really feel like it influenced the way that this film was received. Yeah, I mean I feel like especially those early reviews that were coming out of the film festivals before it hit theaters and general yeah. audience saw it felt yeah. very colored by the controversy and uh-huh. specifically how people felt about Olivia Wilde as a director, which I mm-hmm. think is a little bit 
bonkers the degree to which people criticized her for her relationship with Harry Styles, for her marriage and what was happening there, for, for being the an outspoken feminist. Stuff. Yeah, being an outspoken <laughs> feminist. Absolutely. There was it felt very much like those things were coloring their reviews and and tainting people's perceptions of it. And I yeah. just have to say <laughs> that whatever you think of this movie or Olivia Wilde personally, I don't mm-hmm. think there's a ton to criticize about the actual direction of this movie. Like it is so competently made and actually beautifully yeah. made in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. And Booksmart was such a slam dunk, great movie yep. that it feels yep. like these criticisms are largely based in misogyny because how many directors that we consider our tours have complete bullshit happening on their sets that people are critical of but just let it pass right right act like complete assholes that are abusive to the stars who have messy personal lives where they've had affairs where they've cheated on spouses where they've slept with people that they're working with like it happens all the time and we just let them continue to make movies that we praise as being wonderful and this happens to Olivia Wilde where the stories are so conflicting and nothing's like totally grounded and you know what we mm-hmm. have proof of and still yeah. she comes under the gun and gets criticized like no other I just think that it has to be based in misogyny because although I do have criticism of, of this movie the direction mm-hmm. I think is really solid and it is so much better than a lot of the crap that comes out that does not take this kind of heat uh yeah preach yes <laughs> like literally cosign word for yeah. word what you said absolutely i think there was such a lust and a thirst and a desire yes, to tear her down mm-hmm. she is talented she is smart she is outspoken she is someone who is breaking the codes and expectations of women and she's beautiful like she yep, yep. The that desire and, and the like, the cat fight aspect of it. This desire to either capitalize on or foment a cat fight between her and her lead actor is repulsive to me. Yeah, repulsive. I totally agree. It's disgusting. And like, we're really gonna take Shia LaBeouf's word for this? Really? Right. That's what's so really? crazy. <laughs> It's it, it's maddening. It's infuri- and maybe yeah, it's and like maybe he's world. It's so weird. the broken clock is right this one time. I, mean, I don't know. Sure. I wasn't there, <laughs> but at the same time, can we see just a whisper of skepticism, please, for the love of God? Right. And honestly, even if everything he said is true, I still think everything that we just talked about stands. She yeah, still got more criticism like- for that than men would ever get. I challenge anyone who has worked in an office (laughs) who have not had the same level of drama like in the freaking break room you know what i mean it's the stuff that she's being accused of is it cute no is it to the level where we should be having conversations about it no she's not exploitative she's not abusive maybe she didn't get along with her lead actor guess what i don't get along with people at my work does that make me a monster no it's not (laughs) it makes me cool and them lame (laughs) (laughs) always (laughs) <laughs> i don't know i don't know man it drives me crazy this is this yeah. i i feel like there's something in the pit of my stomach that i felt at the time when jennifer's body came out 
And like mm-hmm. now That's everyone's weird. like, can you believe the way we treated Megan Fox? Can you believe the way we yeah, treated Yeah, that would Fox? never happen now. Bullshit. <laughs> here's your chance. You feel if you yeah. feel like you wish that you could go back and and fix history, here's your chance. It's like happening in real well, I mean it's now it's a little past, but you know what I mean? Like this is the this is it's still happening. <laughs> right. This is the problem right. that we're still having. So get on our level. Anyway, all right. So this movie was released in theaters in September 2022, followed by a VOD release in October, and it is now currently streaming on HBO Max, which is how I watched it. So it is easy to get your hands on and your eyeballs, and you should do that before you listen to our review because there are some twists and some turns that we don't want to spoil for you. Oh, yeah. All right. But that is why we have set up our podcast the way that we have, where we are going to give our non-spoiler thoughts about this film so that you can make an educated decision of whether or not you want to head to HBO Max and give it a go. So I've been talking a lot. I'm tired of hearing myself speak. Ariel, (laughs) tell me how you felt about Don't Worry Darling, spoiler free. All right. So (laughs) I just want to start off by making a very general statement about the the costumes and hair and makeup, but I'm going to leave pretty much all of that to you because I feel like you're going to do a better job of talking about it than I will. But I did love it. I love the way this movie looks. I love the costumes. I love Florence Pugh's Bridget Bardot hair. I love the makeup, the sets, all this like mid-century modern stuff, the the pretty cars. So much teak. There's so much (laughs) teak in this movie. I want to just like rub my body on the teak. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I feel like Florence Pugh did a little bit of that in this movie. (laughs) She sure did. (laughs) There's just this sort of candy-coated, pristine dreamscape like this disney-fied hollywood version of the 50s that is just yeah. so eye-catching that i was pretty mesmerized like from uh-huh. go you know uh-huh. uh-huh. same and then florence Pugh, no surprise here is fantastic she is so good in this movie there are some things that I feel like get pretty messy towards the end of this film, but she is so strong throughout it. She is yeah. phenomenal. And she has a lot of stuff to do in this, like really emotional scenes, and she carries them so well. On top of that, Chris Pine is freaking fantastic in this movie. Nobody's talking about Pine, but right? he's, <laughs> A, he's the best Chris, but B, <laughs> yes. Yes, he's he is. so good in this. He's so good. He plays this kind of sinister but charming kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give anything away about it yet, but there is a dinner party scene that we're going to have to talk about. And yes. the back and forth between Florence Pugh and Chris Pine was like amazing. <laughs> it was yes. so good. So they are both fantastic. I think that the themes and the messaging of this movie, for me, some of it lands and some of it's kind of a big miss. Um, I think that the twist is really interesting, but the way that it's, it kind of happens towards the end gets, like I said, a bit messy and we can talk about the details of that. But overall, I went into this expecting it to potentially be really terrible because of what I had been hearing, you know, especially coming out of those festivals. And I was pleasantly surprised that it's actually a pretty good movie. You know, there are problems with it, but there's also a lot of things about it that are really great. And I feel like had the controversy not happened, I think it would have gotten much higher marks from critics. Yeah. 
yeah, I think, like I said, there's a, a desire that is a palpable desire to tear this movie down. It would have needed to have been beyond spectacular to beat back just the ravenous desire to tear it down, you know? Yeah. I think what you said is right on. I think that for me, this movie may not be perfect when we talk about it in a critical context. Like you and I are going to talk about issues that we have because we're in a, a situation where we're looking at it critically. Yeah. I think as an experience of watching it, it is quite enjoyable. I had a very good time watching this movie. I can see the areas where we're going to talk about issues that we have with it. But I think your comment right off the top about it not being a directorial issue is right on. Because I think she makes really fascinating choices with her shot selection. The movie is lush. It is immersive. It's so beautiful. Like You can feel the warmth of that Southern California location on your skin when they're like going yes. out and saying goodbye to their husbands. It, it, there are beautiful, beautiful shots that could be photos in your home. This movie is delicious to look at. It The styling, I mean, obviously I'm in the back. Like there's, I, <laughs> I, I told you from the front, I'm going to have trouble being critical. I'm going to, you're going to make criticism and I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. But <laughs> aesthetically, this thing is, could not be more perfect for me. Then you put the glorious, luminous Florence Pugh in the center of it. Right. And you have a cocktail for just making me not care about the problems. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Harry Styles, for me, all of the issues are the final act of the film. Yes. Which also, to some degree, still worked for me. I was caught off guard by the twist. I, I thought it was kind of an interesting thing, but there's it gets mm -hmm. a little messy in the end. And Harry Styles character turn there reveal stuff it didn't quite land for me it's yeah i think in those pieces the casting of shia labeouf would have been much better because i just don't see harry styles in that kind no, of scenario. i mean i think i think that his acting is fine through the first fine. two acts it's yeah. not as good as many of the other people in the movie but it's yes. serviceable right it's, it's not it's, it doesn't stand yeah. out like a sore thumb or whatever it's hard but, to act against Florence Pugh. I mean, yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then, right, when you get to act three, there are a couple of beats where he has to be very emotional. And that's where it lost me for him. So yeah. I think had they cast somebody who was a stronger actor, it would have served the movie well, unfortunately. Yeah. I think that this thing is being held up that it needs to be like this perfect sort of feminist you know, yeah. dialogue and like revolutionary in the way that it talks about it. Here's the thing. What I think this it was interesting, and this is a personal thing. I, I think the criticisms about it being white feminist are fair to some degree. Mm -hmm. I think the colorblind casting is clearly well-intentioned, but creates some issues that we'll get into, I think, in yeah. our spoiler section. But there's something almost counter feminine mystique about this when I was watching it and that what do you mean I by don't that? what I'm saying is and I this might be just a personal thing about where I am in my life but I thought okay. I can speak to is I don't think that this film is trying to say that being a housewife is a horror I do think we'll get into stuff around consent later mm. but I do think it paints to some degree a positive light of that, like, if you choose that lifestyle, there is beauty and desirability into it. As someone who sure. is, like, 
exhausted. It looked so appealing <laughs> to me. <laughs> but I do think that it's moving away from this idea of housewife bad, workforce good, housework right, right. That feminism not feminist only look one way. Yes, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yes, and I, I think that this plays with the perceptions around that in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting because I don't feel like the she's ever horrified by her life. I don't think that that her life is where the nut of the horror is. It's something else that we can't talk about mm. yet. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll get into it in spoilers because I, I have some thoughts too. Yeah. I went into it expecting it to be a little bit more judgmental about being a housewife. Mm-hmm. And I don't really feel like that judgment is there. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. But yeah, overall, I'll be honest, I liked this a lot more than I expected to and was and happy to go along for the ride. We'll get it. We'll have our cons, but as an experience overall, if you have curiosity about it, my advice would be to watch it. Yeah. I would say this is worth your time. Give it a go. Give it a go. I had a good time. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ariel? Would you recommend? Yeah, I, I agree with you. If you have any curiosity about it, if this is the you've seen like a trailer or something and it seems like your jam, I would just go ahead because there's enough here that I really enjoyed to make it worth a watch, even if there are some parts that I didn't like so much. So, yeah, yeah do it. Go to HBO right. Max. Watch it. All right. So now you know what to do. If you have not watched this and you're avoiding spoilers, you should definitely go and check it on HBO Max or VOD. Easy to get your hands on. Have a good time. Get ready to like want to buy all the vintage clothes. (laughs) I got to tell you, if you are like me and you love that aesthetic, it was like going to church. I was feeling the Holy Spirit. I was like, (laughs) I went and did my hair. Like, (laughs) you need to do the Florence Pugh Bridget Bardot hair. You don't have enough hair. I don't have enough hair. Rachel, uh, she I have seen like one a wig before. Get it together. Like, add some I mean, hair pieces. I, do I don't wig. know what you need to do, but get that yeah. hair. It would look so good on you. What I need probably need is like a fall, right? I'm sure I could probably get some sort of human hair bump, like yeah, you know, like hair fall, and have it dyed to match my pink hair. Yeah, that would be so cool. Oh my god! I mean, I, like all it. of her little black bows. The only thing this movie lacked was hats. It needed a few hats. That's true. But you are a bit of a hat addict, so I don't know <laughs> what you're referring to. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, you should have been out of here if you were a spoiler averse person. If you're still here, that means you have consented to spoilers because we are entering the spoiler zone. Yeah, I'm going to give the synopsis and spoil the shit out of this movie. So get ready. All right. Here it is laid on us. Let's hear the sweet, (laughs) sweet synopsis. All right. It's the 1950s and Alice and Jack are a happily married young couple living in a planned community owned by the Victory Project, which is the company Jack works for that's run by a charismatic leader named Frank. That's Chris Mm -hmm. Pine. Mm Mm-hmm. They seem to be living the quintessential 50s life. She's a beautiful housewife in a dress and heels who makes him breakfast and then welcomes him home with a drink and dinner on the table. And then he puts her on the table. Yes. (laughs) They have a seemingly perfect life when one of the women in the community named Margaret, who Alice used to be friends with, starts making vague comments about how we shouldn't be here. We find out that she wandered out into the desert with her son, something they are forbidden from doing when they live there. And when they found her, she didn't have her son. Now everyone in town is treating her like she is mentally unstable. 
Later, Alice takes the town trolley out toward the desert and sees a plane crash. When she goes to find the crash, she finds a weird round building in the middle of the desert with glass walls. And when she touches the glass, she sees weird imagery like blood droplets and Busby Berkeley dancers. And then she wakes up in her own bed. Later, Alice witnesses Margaret slit her own throat and fall from her roof, but everyone tries to convince her that it was just an accident and Margaret's going to be fine. Alice starts to question everything and is having visions that don't really make sense to her and everyone around her is gaslighting her when she tries to say that there's a problem. Alice throws a dinner party at her house where Frank, the leader of the company, and his wife Shelley are the guests of honor, but it goes horribly when Frank goads Alice and she confronts him at dinner with all the things about the town that don't make sense to her. Alice convinces her husband, Jack, to leave town with her because she does not want to be there anymore. But at the last second, these men dressed in red come and grab her, and she is then subjected to electroshock therapy. This is where the twist is revealed to us. (laughs) So it turns out that Alice and Jack are actually in the 21st century, in present day. Alice is really a surgeon, and Jack is just pathetic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He turns to online men's rights bullshit and finds the Victory Project, which is a simulated reality where you can kidnap and drug your wife and clockwork orange style her into a virtual fantasy world. So they've just been living in a simulation this whole time. Back in that simulation, Alice is trying to get back to normal life, but she keeps having flashes of her real life. Jack realizes what is happening, and he tries to stop her by grabbing her, but Alice hits him over the head with a glass, killing him. Whoops. Yep, oops. Alice's friend and next-door neighbor Bunny walks in at this point and sees what happened and tells Alice that she has to run because if they catch her... They'll kill her and she'll die in real life, too, because Bunny knows it's a simulation. She's there because she has some kids that she wants to be with the fake versions of, apparently. So Alice takes Jack's car and drives toward the building in the desert that turns out to be a portal back into real life and out of the simulation. She's being chased by the guys in red, but she makes it in time and touches the glass and then the screen goes black. And that's the end. We can talk about what happens. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Frank also is killed by his wife. (laughs) She stabs Oh, yes. (laughs) And he dies. Well, I mean, we hear her breathing and, like, panting. So presumably she gets out, right? Yeah. I mean, presumably she either gets out or she doesn't because it didn't work. But I would imagine she got out. And then it just, don't worry, darling. You hear her wake up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think she she escapes ultimately. I think they intended to leave it slightly ambiguous. Part of me that it, like... The part of me that just heard my work email go off again (laughs) was like, stay in there, girl. Get in there. (laughs) Never leave. Bunny's got it right. (laughs) Listen to Bunny. (laughs) But like I said, I think that might be uh, more telling about where I am. I think so. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. (laughs) I mean, I would love to. Yeah. Like when Frank, when uh, Jack is like making his case about you get to be happy, I was like. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> this is that he's making compelling arguments. <laughs> right, right. I mean, well, and that's the thing is that it's a fake version of the 50s, right? These aren't real 50s housewives living in the right. real 50s world. They're living in this right. fantasy land. Yeah. Where everything and yeah. everybody is happy all the time. Yeah. Oh, it's just shopping and hanging out at the pool. God damn, that sounds amazing. 
I would, I would be willing to learn how to cook if that could be my life. <laughs> I'm tired, girl. I'm just tired. I don't know. I don't know. My brain is breaking. The 2022 has broken my brain. As long as that doesn't turn you into one of those like trad wife people online, I'll be happy. <sighs> trad wife. I don't know what that is. No. And where do, should I sign? How do I sign up? What is a trad? No, wife? no, don't do trad that. wife. Trad wife meaning a short for traditional wife. Okay, denotes a woman who prefers to take a traditional role. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Traditional. I see traditional yes. role, and I'm like, red yep. flag. It's, it's red exactly flag. What you think it is, and like an alt right pipeline kind of a deal. So don't go that route. <laughs> I mean, I do appreciate their outfits, but I'm that's about sure. as far as it goes. That's about as far as it goes. I mean, here's the thing is I also like absolutely support people's decision to like do that if they want to, you know, like yeah. I don't yeah. know about the politics of it, but in terms of if you decide I, housework is work, keeping oh, a yeah, home absolutely. is raising kids. It is, work. is all of that labor. Yes. Like there is yeah. great pride to be taken in the work that is done in the home and the raising of children as much as people want to diminish it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't raise kids. Are you kidding? That's crazy. Like, <laughs> that's an enormous amount of work. Yeah. And so really I don't ever want to sound like I'm disparaging that. Like, no, I don't, no, no. Of course I, not. What I'm a little concerned about what that like the the misogyny portion of that that's where i take issue but i think if you consent to that life if that's the life you want to live and it is fulfilling to you to like yeah and you yeah, are respected and no your labor is respected no. cut some of this please cut some of this i don't know if i want this on the internet i'm just really <laughs> fucking tired girl i'm so burnt out on life that i just like i said i was just watching this and i was like oh take me away <laughs> <laughs> Except for if I had to listen to some Jordan Peterson knockoff all the time on TV and the radio, I don't oh know. Oh my god, that is she the person who wrote the script had to have him in mind, right? Or oh, no, I, that's did? Olivia Wilde specifically name checked. Oh as the person shit! That okay, because I was thinking that, that character. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. it is based partially on him. She calls him like a pseudo intellectual who's the de facto leader of the incels or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so <laughs> <What> accurate. <laughs> roasted by accuracy (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get into our spoilery review okay we've said a lot of good things what other let's start let's start with the positives what are some other things about this movie that work for you now that you can speak more specifically yeah so some of the things that work for me are the acting in this we already talked a little bit about chris pine and florence Pugh. they're both amazing but i think that There are certain scenes that are just so compelling and so good that it makes watching the entire movie worth it. You know, like Chris Pine, he's so good in that party scene where he's having to kind of speechify, you know, about their community and Project Victory and stuff. And he has this amazing gravitas, but that also has this sinister edge to it where he feels almost like a cult leader. You know what I mean? Uh, and oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. The way that he the, they are expected to look on him adoringly is, yeah, very culty. Yeah, yeah. And that dinner party scene <laughs> is, is so good. There's a part where Florence Pugh is in the kitchen and she's kind of like finishing up dinner. Mm-hmm. And Chris Pine comes up, you know, behind her to talk to her. And he you know, kind of implies that she's a good foil to him almost, you know, and it's just so creepy 
And he's talking about, you know, how she's kind of butting up against him and there, you know, there's friction there. And he says, yet here you are preparing dinner like a good girl. And it made my skin crawl. It was oh, so yeah. good. He's, oh, yeah. He's fantastic. And her reactions are so great. I have to say, every time I see a dinner scene in a horror movie, <laughs> uh huh, I know I'm in for it because they always make you so uncomfortable or just like mm-hmm. the absolute worst things happen always yeah. in these dinner scenes. And this is no exception because she thinks she has enough information to kind of confront him at this point, right? That she kind of right. knows enough and has all these questions and that if she just like sort of presents this that everybody will see her perspective but he's such a good talker and they're so under his spell and she doesn't at that point completely realize that all these men are you know in on it (laughs) right and it's just this you know this like tennis game back and forth between the two of them they keep kind of volleying back and forth and it's it's so compelling. That scene is so well done. Those actors are so good. And her direction is really great, too. The way that that scene is shot, I feel like just adds to the tension. There are these like close-ups of Florence Pugh's face and then Chris Pine's face, the way they're both sitting at the ends of the table. It's so compelling and yeah. really, really interesting. And it's scenes like that that I feel like on top of the way this movie looks, which is also so appealing, make this movie worthwhile to sit through you know yeah there's also these amazing surrealistic moments in this like that's that i mean there's the her going across the desert and running up and then just the scene of her pushing her hands on that red glass all of that is really beautiful but there's and this is like a continuing motif the other one that really caught me by off guard and i thought was cool i've never seen anything quite like it is when she's cleaning the window and the walls literally close in behind her trapping her like a scientific slide under a microscope and it kind of ties into this ongoing motif of eyeballs that we get a reason for it ultimately but all the ways that she creates this visual sort of eyeball thing like the dancing girls that are all in synchronization all Mm -hmm. of those kinds of things are just such cool visual moments that really show wild's artistic eye yeah there's a flair to this that yes. i think is really impressive this thing is so stylish it is so it is just lush 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 i mean i feel like we've talked about uh, most of the things that i really wanted to hit on mostly final act stuff i want to talk about but okay I'm trying to think if there's anything earlier in it that I haven't already gushed enough about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do think this movie is very sexy. Very, very sexy. And I think the way that the sex is is presented is interesting and that even though this is ultimately about a male fantasy, all of the sex is presented about her pleasure. Oh, yeah. It's 100% about her. Whether or not it's the situation on the table in the living room, although I was like, dang, she just slayed over a hot stove. Don't (laughs) Don't ruin all the food. (laughs) Or even when Chris Pine watches her and her husband. Oh, man, that scene is uncomfortable. She is distracted by the fact that she is experiencing pleasure. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I don't, and I think that they're exclusive. What's interesting is like, it's exclusive to that. It's not that we get some of it. It's that that's all we get. We only get it. Right. We don't see any other scenes. Yes. And that is a very, very intentional, you know, the way that she is 
it's, is presenting these sexual experiences. Right. And it's extremely rare. <laughs> I can't think uh, of another movie where that's true. And I know that that had to be intentional. Like Olivia Wilde wanted it to be that way. It's also <laughs> whether she meant this or not is one of the things that clued me into the fact that this that they're actually in modern day. Because I was like, that's not actually a 1950s man. I'm sorry, but even in 20, like 2022, getting a guy to go down on you and actually do a good job is difficult. And a 1950s guy, I just can't imagine that being Ariel, true. So that like, makes me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. So I'm just saying that it made me think like, ah. That's not a 1950s husband. I'm sorry. It's just not. See, you're picking up on clues I didn't even pick up on. Like, I was definitely (laughs) trying to puzzle together what was happening. But I I, I was not. We're in spoiler territory, so I can talk about it. Like, I was not expecting the tech aspect. Right. I thought that it was a physical place. Okay. and, And that she was. Whatever they had done to her, these were hallucinations that her brain was like trying to tell her, like, they've done something to you. And it wasn't sure it was the 50s. I just thought they were actually in that place. Okay. So I'm an idiot. Okay. I don't know. No, 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 no. You're <laughs> totally not an idiot. I mean, I think the whole point is to keep it a mystery and to keep you guessing, right? I mean, that's yeah. what the first two yeah. acts are for. For me, that, but also, so the sex stuff made me think about it. And then there's a scene where I can't remember if it's with the airplane or another time where she's looking up into the sky and there's like this little warbly effect mm-hmm. and it's only on screen for like a second. But I was like, oh, there's a dome over this place or something, <laughs> you know, yeah. like this was a creation of the company and that it's really, you know, 2022 and that they're in this place. I just didn't know about the the whole men's rights right. tech part of it. I didn't I didn't quite guess all of that. Mm. Yeah, the tech, the tech threw me like the fact, like it yeah. turned. I didn't wasn't expecting this to be a Black Mirror episode. That's what I guess what I'm right. saying. Right. Like I knew something was hinky, obviously, <laughs> but I I was not expecting you know, Clockwork Orange of the future. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It was it was a that like it caught me off guard with the twist. I don't know that they totally nailed the execution of those twists, but no. the twist itself was effective because I did not see it coming. It was funny because I watched it by myself out in the living room, but I had to keep like mm-hmm. walking past my partner who was in the office. And so I would give him updates as I was like, what happened now? What happened now? And then when it was <laughs> ending, he like came out to watch it with me and was like, What the hell? <laughs> oh, I was so like, funny. Okay, so now he's making Harry styles do a dance number he's just like what? <laughs> and then for him to come out and it's like scanning her eyeball he was like what is this movie <laughs> i was like i don't know man don't yeah, worry darling it, it is a little don't worry darling. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit you know bonkers i think that although i knew like i had a guess of what was happening and i was i was only partially right about it uh-huh. but I wanted to know what was happening. And so that yes. kept me interested. And and Florence Pugh and Chris Pine kept me invested in it, in it. Yeah. And so even though this movie very heavily references like the Stepford Wives, the Matrix, even like Pleasantville or something, yeah. I still was interested in what was happening. So it wasn't yeah. there I never reached a point where I was like, "Oh, I'm bored. I want to turn this off." Do you know what I mean? Or like I have yeah. to keep watching this because we're doing the episode, but otherwise I probably wouldn't finish it. I think I would have finished it regardless because there's enough here that was entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. 
I think we've avoided it long enough. <laughs> we must talk about the issues that we had with the film. Because again, this is a critical context. You know, yeah. I don't think that most of these things were a problem for me as I was just watching as a casual viewer. But as a critic, we got to talk about them. Right. Go for it. <laughs> go okay. on, mean judge. You oh, you go first. Am I the Simon Cowell in this relationship? Is I mean, I think so. Me? I mean, I'm a big old softy. Like you're 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 yeah yeah. You're usually right, but I'm the you're I'm a soft. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna start small here. There oh. are a lot of creepy elements in this movie that I was compelled by visually. Yes. That don't ever really have an answer for, even when you know the twist. For oh. instance, when she wrapped the plastic wrap around her face, I still don't know that I totally understand what was happening there, other than maybe her real self was like compelling her to get out of there, you know, to like end yeah. it. Um, but it's never really fleshed out there. I think the empty eggshells also, you know, she she crushes them over and over again, but then never really questions it but there are also real eggs and real food you know and there, we see them drinking yeah. all the time so i didn't totally understand that you referenced harry styles the scene where he's dancing on stage like he's being yeah. puppet controlled by frank i don't understand what that was for i get that it's con contrasting against the sort of meltdown that she's having in the bathroom yeah. With Olivia well, I think he's Wilde, but... he's like puppet mastering him. Like she's right, I mean, like, I need I you, said, and but... he's and I, I think it's meant to be contrast of like where his loyalties are, and that mm. she's begging him, like, come with me. And instead, he's up there dancing, literally dancing yeah. for this man's pleasure. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I don't. That's my interpretation. It's, a, it's weird, know. but I I guess I get that. Okay, I'll I'll go with that. That that does make sense, but. I don't understand the plane crash part of it. Like, was there a pl plane crash? What happened there? Why was the plane crash there? Because that's really what started this, right? It alerted her that something was happening. It's why she walked out into the desert and had that first experience with the round, you know, portal house. What about the earthquakes? Yeah. What was that about? Yeah, I don't know what the earthquakes are about. That's a good question. I wonder if the plane crash thing is a victim of the Margaret character getting cut out because there is her child with the little plane. Yeah. That is, that's uh, right. And she, she holds a little the toy plane. plane. Yeah. So I feel like maybe there's something on the cutting room floor that makes sense of it. I do think that all of these weird things that she's experiencing are her subconscious trying to break to tell her that it's like a fake world and so yeah. a plane crashing into it makes sense her getting smashed between the wall and the thing when her mind is fractured and she's looking one way and her the mirror mm -hmm. image is looking another i think those are all her subconscious i think that's okay. her subconscious wrapping the plastic around trying to wake her up yeah. Trying to wake her up. I think that is what's happening. Is that okay. when she saw when she reconnected with that part of her brain, the wall between the two pieces of her psyche are now thin. And so mm -hmm. like she's trying to get through to her and be like, wake up. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what that All right. is. I, I, I don't know that it's that. I don't know, that know that if it's percent holds yeah. together. And I think it's it's a little bit unclear or unfinished or something and i i do really wonder about the editing of this movie and if that didn't hurt it a little bit in the end no i, I think know. that's fair i think that's fair i mean because there are cool visual moments that i wish there was more 
to them. Right. I wish there was an answer. I think there is an answer, but it's not as satisfying as the answer I wanted. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So I really like the idea of kind of modernizing the themes of the Stepford Wives by making this kind of a critique of the way young, especially white young men are being kind of radicalized by these online yeah. men's group, men's rights yeah. groups. I think that's super interesting. I wish that this had really done that more mm-hmm. here because I feel like the critique didn't go quite far enough. And so it doesn't 100% succeed. One of the things that really confused the messaging was how great of a husband Jack was to her in the yeah. simulation. Yep. So yep. in real life, we find out that he's kind of a scumbag, right? Not kind yeah. of. He is a scumbag. Yeah. Um, he did drug kidnap and uh, hold his wife hostage in a fake uh, world. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And even <laughs> before he decides to do that, it's like she comes home from a 30-hour shift as a surgeon and He's like, hey, what's for dinner? Basically, <laughs> can you figure yeah. out what's going on for dinner? And then can we have sex now? It's like he's never a good guy. But in this simulation, he's like the perfect doting husband. He loves her. The sex is great and focused on her pleasure. He cooks in one of the scenes. When oh they God, try to force. so goofy. <laughs> it, that scene was ridiculous and a little bit cartoonish and sort of. All I could think was, is she's going to have to clean that up? I know. I know. And probably cook a second dinner because he fucks it all up because he kept yeah. like ruining everything. But it felt a little I love Lucy. When they try to force pills on her, he says no. Like he's uh-huh. trying to protect her there. They have such a great time together. They seem really loving. He's not until this sort of very end. He's not trying to force her to have kids when she doesn't want to. There's all these things that make it so that he's this great husband which leaves me with this thing that like in the real world where she is an independent career driven person with autonomy Mm -hmm. he's a shitty partner but when she becomes the perfect housewife he's a great husband so it sort of feels like the messaging becomes well all he needed to be a good husband was this perfect woman this great beautiful woman who's always in dresses and heels and has his dinner and drink ready for him when he comes home Mm -hmm. from work yeah and i don't think that's what they maybe intended when they set out to do this but because the the messiness around this whole men's rights thing and the way that it's portrayed in this final act that was the message i went away with yeah it's it's weirdly defanging of the manosphere I think yes. that's my biggest issue with it. It's you're right. The movie does not indict him to the degree that he deserves no. it. She does say like, you took my life away without my consent, which I'm like, that's the start of this. Not, not right. the end And then there are like this. multiple like, instances where she considers staying too, even when she knows that, you know, like she's I mean, conflicted about it. I think that's fair. I think it's fair to feel somewhat <laughs> conflicted, but I, I think it's fair for her to conflict, be feel conflicted about it because I do think that she was living a kind of idealized life and a life where you, our lives are so messy and so hard. There is an appeal to having some of that removed, but ultimately she chooses autonomy and like you know so but i i don't think i don't have an issue with her reaction to it so much as Mm -hmm. i i don't like that the manosphere is kind of he he, it's almost mag it's presented magnanimously 
Yeah. And then not fully refuted. And then also the way that it erases how fucking racist the Manosphere is. Mm -hmm. Like, it's great that not everybody in this movie is white. I think that is a good thing. We need more diversity in film, period, point blank. The problem is that it, it erases that aspect of the Manosphere, which again continues to defang a truly heinous ideology. Yes. And we don't really do anything with our two sort of speaking role characters, women of color. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish really, we'd gotten more Margaret. I know. I know because the way it. that her character is introduced and she comes up again and again feels like there was supposed to be more there. And the yes, fact that there, yeah. there wasn't means that her scenes have far less impact and the racial stuff makes way less sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that the turn that the uh, that Chris Pine's wife makes at the end, I don't understand. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure out if what it was is that she was kind of in on this this whole time, and she is, you know, the type of woman who will trade in the well being of other women for proximity to power. And this, she was like, now is my chance to take over, or if she wanted. What does that out, even mean? I don't know. Take I over mean, the company it, or something. When she kills him, who's taking care of her body? Right. I mean, she would have to get out and then find somebody else to take care of her body. Well, or or be like the way the men are and come and go. I guess that's true. I guess it is true. Like one of the people can come and go. That's yeah. true. But it's it's yeah. again, it's messy. And that scene happens so quickly. And Frank is like our main antagonist in this film. Yeah. And there's such this combative, really weird energy between him and Florence Pugh, which totally goes, makes yeah. sense, but it's yeah. it's completely unresolved. And yeah, so it's never his, paid off. Yeah. No, it's never paid off. And his death then feels like a throwaway because of it. Yeah. And I think maybe if there was some payoff that happened when his wife killed him, because we right. had like some buildup for that, I'd feel less like that was unresolved. Yeah. It's not great. I don't know. Part of it. I don't know. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it it kind of fumbles at the sports yeah, metaphor or line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, I still largely enjoyed it. And it is so pretty. It is pretty. I just think yeah. I think this movie is worthwhile because it's beautiful to look at. It is very well directed. Most of the performances besides Harry Styles are really great and, and pretty remarkable in some scenes. So it's definitely worth your time. But the way that it fails to critique the manosphere, the messiness around Jack being a perfect husband and sort of, I know you're joking about like <laughs> wishing you could have that. Yes, Perfect definitely life. joking. And I, I get, I totally get where you're coming from. But I, I also think it's putting forward this thing where it's like you have two options. You can either be an overworked tool of capitalism or you can give up all your autonomy and personal power and live in a utopia. And I don't know that Tell I Tell like me more that. about this utopia option. <laughs> <laughs> no, I told, I understand. Like I'm yeah. joking. I'm just very tired. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> but you see and what also, I'm saying? It's yeah. just that, no, like, totally. And I wonder that I read some, like I think I read a review or maybe two, like after the movie came out, that like those spoiler-free kind of reviews after it was out in theaters. Yeah. 
And it felt like they were a little bit more measured. And that to me feels reasonable. This movie is really good in a lot of ways. It totally fails for me in the final act, unfortunately. But those first Mm. two acts are so good. There's so much promise here. And it makes me really curious to see what Olivia Wilde does next because this movie is really great in a lot of ways. It's just, you know, when we saw the teaser trailer like a year ago or something and you and I got really excited about this, I don't think it totally lives up to what I was hoping it would be. But it's like so much better than the way people were talking about it. I agree. I agree. It's not a perfect film by any stretch, but I do think that there's a lot of really great stuff here. And I think it proves what we first, when we were introduced to her as a director with Booksmart, is that she is a very skilled director. And maybe the script or some choices that she made or casting things let her down in this. If this was not... Olivia Wilde and hyped for two years and had all right. this drama behind it and you just watched it on HBO, you would have been like, hey, that was pretty good. You should check this out, you know? But I think there's just the machine around it. Yeah, really totally. Impacted there's, it. there's enough artistic flair and artistic skill here to make me want to see yeah. what else she's going to do. Oh, yeah. One million percent. Yeah. There's some I saw. Um, I don't know if this is actually still going to happen, but I was looking at the screenwriter for this and she actually has another project in development on her IMDb, which oh. is a Spider Woman movie with oh. Olivia Wilde. Oh, I have no idea if that's actually happening or what yeah. the deal is with that. But I would a hundred percent. Hell yes, I would watch that. Watch, watch that movie. I would love that to see a, an Olivia Wilde superhero film. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds she great. She can to make me. a do good it. looking a movie. And I would love to see <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Final thoughts. Would you recommend Don't Worry Darling? Yeah, I would. I think it's worth like, giving it a go. Yeah. It's easy recommend for me. Yeah. I'd be like, yes, check it out. Am I going to say like it's Andor levels of writing? No, I'm not. But... <laughs> You're so obsessed with Andor. <laughs> I will convince you to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Or I will, I will die. <laughs> I will die on this hill, Ariel. I I will not let I, this become one. There are two people. There are two people on this planet I want to watch the, sh- the, the show. I've already got Matilda to watch it. You're the other one because okay. it is like made in a lab <laughs> for you. It okay. is unlike any other Star Wars show. You must. Will you watch the the first episode tonight just the first episode okay okay so how about you guys at home did you like it are we crazy what are you thinking we'd love to hear from you you can always email us at, at the more deadly podcast at gmail.com or you can come chat with us over on the zombie girls facebook page or you can follow us on instagram and twitter at zg podcast plural and slide into the dms and uh yeah we'd love to hear from you so we did get an email this one comes from our good buddy doug who oh, has doug. A recommendations okay Ooh, so he said okay. possible film for zombie bites or more deadly so since you and i pretty much do both of those (laughs) for us (laughs) okay so we should talk about this okay so he says i came across this deeply weird horror film possibly in michigan involving a cannibal slash zombie love in a no budget shot on camcorder way (laughs) that is a very (laughs) specific way yes (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> it is woman directed. Celia Condit is the director, and she has been making strange indie horror and art films for years. Ooh. In any case, if you watch this, you will not be able to get the song out of your head. It is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Oh, that's so interesting. I've never heard of it before. Or the director. That's so cool. No, me neither. Thank you, Doug. We'll have to look into that. Yes. And he said it's on YouTube. And he sent the link. Okay. Possib- oh, it's only 11 minutes long. Oh, okay. Okay. It I see like, a huge- That's my jam. <laughs> I mean, it feels a little long, but we can give it a go. <laughs> so we got to figure out how we want to incorporate this. Do we yeah. want to do... I don't know, zombie by or or extended episode, maybe? Maybe, yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Because, I mean, at 11 minutes, it's not too much of an ask. If patrons want to know what we're talking about, it's on YouTube. So we're not going to do it on this episode, but maybe, maybe. Oh, this thing has 7.1 million views. Holy shit. All right. Okay. So possibly in Michigan. Everybody, check it out. Maybe we'll do that on the next extended episode. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Thank you, Doug. Well, if like Doug, you want to get in touch with us, like I said, email us at the more deadly podcast at gmail.com or you can email us at Rachel at That's still still a thing. And if you love the show, please do us a solid and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your pods. And uh, if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com where we keep track of all the spooky doings. All the spooky Christmas movies are coming out now. I've been adding them (laughs) on there like Christmas, bloody Christmas and things like that. (laughs) I love a good Christmas horror movie. I know, I know. You love, yeah, yeah. Are you going to watch all of the Hallmark Christmas movies this year? Are you, is that your jam? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I do like cheesy Christmas movies. I've seen basically every single one that Netflix has made up till now. Oh, jeez. I do oh, currently geez. have cable for a little while. And oh. so I might have to dip into the Hallmark ones this year. We'll see. Ooh. We'll have to find out if our buddy Joe is doing a bunch of Christmas movies this oh, year. He is. <laughs> he is the king of Hallmark movies. If, uh, if you enjoy a Hallmark movie, you should definitely be following our buddy Joe, who has an excellent podcast called Small Town Feeling, where he reviews Hallmark movies in the most hilarious and charming way possible. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> hilarious. So definitely check that out. And if you want to support us with some cash money, you can always buy some of our sweet, sweet merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. Or you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombiegirls where you get all kinds of cool perks. The perks. I mean, you can do it for the sheer satisfaction of knowing you're supporting an independent artist. Yeah, quote unquote, artist. <laughs> or you can do it for the sweet, sweet perks, which is extended episodes, bonus episodes, uh, our zombie bites where we really quickly review horror films that are a little bit more current like when things drop that are kind of buzzy we try to get out there and share our thoughts but only with the patrons because you're special you also can join our discord which is awesome a ton of really funny smart fun people in there that you could interact with and then also my dumbass. so if that sounds like fun you should definitely join the patreon like you're gonna get an extended episode today which what are, i don't know what are we doing what are we doing for the extended <laughs> episode today miss so ariel you remember a little while back I did an extended episode where I told you about some funny stories that I found online, some funny articles. We are going to be revisiting that because, again, 
the world's still dark <laughs> and we need a little <laughs> levity in our lives. <laughs> I love it. Okay, excellent. Let's do that. All right. So that just leaves our plan for the next episode. It is your turn to select a movie film, Miss Ariel. What are we watching? We are going to be watching VHS 99. Yes, I've been waiting to watch this one. This is the Vanessa Winter and Joseph Winter joint. Yes, exactly. And more. Yeah, I'm very excited. We covered VHS 94 last year when it came out and we had a lot of fun with that one. So I'm really excited to see what they did with this one. And it is available on Shudder. So you can all put it in your eyeballs. Oh, I'm so excited. I love the VHS franchise. Like, does every single segment hit? No, no. of course not. <laughs> but the high, the highs of, the, really of high. this franchise are so freaking mm-hmm. high, man. They're so high that I can't help, even when there's weaker sections, I, I can't help but get excited when a new VHS is coming out. So, yeah. Very, very yeah. excited to cover this Me one. too. I've seen some photos on Twitter because Vanessa Ooh. and Joseph Winter have posted yeah. behind the scenes stuff and it looks pretty cool. So, yeah. I mean, I saw that there is a certain star from Deadstream that shows up in there. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the trailer and I was like, I know her. Right. I've seen her before. I, know, I bet I know exactly which segment she's in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. Unless people are sticking around for the extended episode, that is it for us today. So why don't you go ahead and take us out? All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our review of Don't Worry, Darling and all the bullshit that happened around the film as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And next episode, catch VHS 99 on Shudder. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks to my co-host Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly, editing was done by Ariel Missman-Rucker, and our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Newell. Hello, everyone. Cool. Welcome to the extended episode. <laughs> everyone cool. Why am I I mean, listen, then? <laughs> because you're the coolest. I mean, and the fact that you don't know it is part of what makes you the coolest. Oh, okay. All right. Because if you were, it. if you knew how cool you were, you'd be a douche and then you wouldn't be that cool anymore. It's this weird aurora, coolness aurora Boris okay. that you have somehow managed to avoid. So you're the coolest. <laughs> and we're all just hanging on, hoping you never figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> no comments? All right, fine. All the time. <laughs> yeah. No, you're the best, though. I hope you know. I do actually hope you know how awesome you are. Oh, aren't you the sweetest? Whatever. Don't take that compliment <laughs> then, dick. <laughs> Um, so the world is weird I hear is that true are the rumors true is the world weird the world is usually weird yeah you just gotta keep your eyes open (laughs) like you learned when you started going on walks there's weird I mean I still have never reached your level of weirdness like you I think you are like a black hole for weirdness where it's just drawn to you like the event horizon you're the event horizon of weirdness (laughs) <laughs> Although lately, I, I, I miss, I, listen, I know your neighbor upstairs sucked, but I do miss him being there because there was always, I, he was, I think, another weirdo and like weirdness was drawn to the two of you. 
And I'm pretty uh-huh. sure he was, I'm pretty sure he was Pizza Ghost. Yeah. I feel confident that he was Pizza Ghost, which is so, why did he never say anything to you? I was he no intimidated? Idea. I don't think I'm that intimidating of a person. <laughs> I hope I mean, not. Like, I know I can come off as beautiful and aloof. Yeah, a little. <laughs> I remember. No, I because I, I still remember when I first met you and I was like, mm-hmm. I will make her be my friend. Like, it took a lot of work. It took a little work. I got in there, though. I got in there. But I, I still remember. And like, you were very cool and aloof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's true. I know that's true. That I think I'm in my real personal life, I think I'm, I tend to be a fairly warm person, but if you don't know me that well, then I can be maybe a little icy. So I didn't say icy. I, work on. <laughs> I did not say icy. Okay. You were never okay. icy. You were, you just were not like out of going out of your way to engage. You know what I mean? You were never unkind yeah. or unfriendly, but it was like up to me to initiate to, and to like, <laughs> That's probably like why I'm not you. very good at making friends on my own. <laughs> that, what are you talking about? You have a ton of friends that love you, you dork. <laughs> Everybody loves you, Ariel. Oh, but I mean, yeah. I just think like you have to be a little brave and like bridge that gap up to like get mm. like, you okay. know what I mean? Like you, okay. you are a good reciprocator, but you're not necessarily initiating. And that's what I mean. Like you were a little aloof. Like you were, you were yeah. like, if, I think if I hadn't been a weirdo that was like targeted you to make you be my friend, like, I don't know that you would ever ch- have chased my friendship, which maybe is more about me. I don't know. Maybe you were like, <laughs> no. and then I just glommed on and made you be my friend. <laughs> well, if that's how it happened, I am very happy about it. So. Oh, me too. <laughs> You see, sometimes the globbing works. Listen, it doesn't always work. <laughs> there have been some failed globs in my life. Oh, really? But it, of course, of course. I'm a lot. I'm a lot. I don't know that I'm for everybody. I would I which is hard for me because I'm also a people pleaser. But yeah, That's I don't know that I'm for everybody. So like not I have the glom has been shaken off. <laughs> but I got you, so it's worth yes. it. Thank goodness. <laughs> the tactics sometimes work. <laughs> uh anyway, I don't know how we got onto the subject, but you told me that the world was weird and you were going to prove it with journalism. <laughs> I don't know about weird so much as like funny and charming in some ways. So, Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yes, please. Some of that. Yes. I thought this was going to be weird, dark stuff, but I'm no, ready no, for charming. No, no, no. the opposite. We need to get away from the dark stuff. So that's yeah. why I'm bringing the levity, you know? <laughs> Bring me some serotonin because I'm fresh out. <laughs> okay. So the first thing is that, I don't know if you knew this, but- okay. The BART system in the Bay Area has mm-hmm. a new station guard. Is it tetanus? <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm going to see if I can change your mind about BART, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is meant to be a short little addendum to the episode. We do not have 40 years of evidence to the contrary to refute what he said. All right, but just, just hear me out, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. 